This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? On today's show, Nick wants Demetrius Johnson, the Mighty Mouse, to do a Conor McGregor. I'm the best flyweight you've ever... I'm the only flyweight champion you've ever had. I'm the best flyweight in this division by a mile. Most of the guys ranked below me in the top five, top ten. I've beaten not once, but twice. There's literally no one that can hold a torch to me, a flyweight. So, this is what I propose. I deal with a cheeky request from my brother-in-law, who coincidentally lives in Toronto, where UFC 206 is coming from. UFC press pass, do you have to uh, do you have to activate that per event, or is it just on onward rolling? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, you've got to activate it per event. And he goes, could you activate it? And I said, why? Because <laughs> I want to go. <laughs> and we're talking about Donald Cowboy Cerrone's eye again. We were told it was fee. Yeah. He said it was fee. Yeah, then he yeah. turns up at the association still announcement. Got it. He still got still it. got it on. But then he subsequently come out and said, oh, yeah, he was filming earlier in the day. And he was still—I don't know, man. It was—it's a pretty serious eye injury. If that's legit, he won't get past fit to fight. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 58 of the Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated to the world of UFC. Quite a lot to talk about because we are in the middle of fight week as we head towards UFC 206. Uh, and Toronto, if you want to participate in all the chat that we have on a daily basis, please follow us on social media, at Fight Disciples, very simply, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are there for daily chats. You're more than welcome to come and join us. Uh, Nick, there's loads to talk about, mate, um, this week, but I want to start with the tough final, because I think it's only fair that we have a little bit of a review. We yeah. thought that it would be a shoe-in. It ended up being a shoe-in. However, yeah. that first round, man, Tim Elliott, fair play, brother. He came to play. I'm telling you, man, he, uh, he almost threw a spanner in the works, big style late in that first round, didn't he? Came close with that submission attempt. But um, it just shows how tough and how good Demetrius Johnson is that he was able just to shrug off that that choke. And, uh, it's like it never happened. It's it, like it, it never happened. It was unreal. He literally survived that first round, survived a near choke. Within 30 seconds, he was just back to his usual busy little self. It's just, <laughs> it's incredible. It's like these little guys, they're like literally like Duracell bunnies, aren't they? Mm. They're just fitness forever. Do we appreciate him? I don't think the world appreciates Demetrius Johnson enough, you know, because, uh, and, and by that I mean, you know, Planet MMA, if you like, everybody that follows mixed martial arts, but that's, that's fight sports, you know, people aren't that interested in the flyweights. I'm sorry, the smaller you get, the the less the interest is, you know. And Demetrius Johnson, those who are hardcore into MMA, you know, people who follow it for a living like myself. Um, you know, you, you, there's certainly an argument there that Demetrius Johnson's the pound-for-pound pound best fighter on the planet right now. There's a real good case for him, uh, especially with John Jones being inactive. You know, it, it's hard to look past, really, uh, who else you would put above him in the pound-for-pound pound list. Mm. And yet, that event at the weekend, you know, there was a few more than 2,000 people in attendance. Yeah. I've just seen his purse. Like, when you compare it to Conor McGregor, obviously, who you might class as second or third as pound for pound best, right? And obviously, Conor's grossing millions. I think he got paid $350,000. Exactly, but then is gate the you know in gate receipts they're making one hundred and eighty grand yeah. over the, in the door walking through the door they're getting as I say little over two thousand people. Yeah. That's that that's why he's making that kind of money. He's mm. not a draw, you know. There's 
there's a lot of domestic level mixed martial arts here in the UK that are attracting an awful lot more than 2,000 people. And yet, this is a tough final, you know, a tough finale. So, not only has this fight been built up for this one event, but we've had 10 weeks of a TV show to sell this event as well. Mm. And it was a good show. This season of Tough was good. It was one of the best seasons for a while. The the level of competition was excellent because it was generally made up of 75% flyweight champions from regional and domestic level MMA. So, it was was of a good standard and Mm. it was half decently entertaining show. And yet, little more than two thousand people were willing to pay for a ticket in Las Vegas to see it live. That that's that's got to be sold a story. And if you're Demetrius Johnson, the yeah. guy everyone's billing as the pound for pound best on the planet, well, you've mentioned nobody wants to see a fight. You've mentioned step up in weight, right? You've you've said that that I think he needs, he needs to do that to challenge got himself. To. But there's other things that are obviously ticking as well in the background. For example, title defenses. He's on nine now. Anderson yeah. Silva's record is ten. You'd anticipate that he'd go for that. You've got yeah. win streak record. He's currently on 11. I think Anderson Silva's is 16. GSP's next in line at 12. John Jones, I think he did 13. So there's a few more things to tick off. What does he do? What does he do next? Uh, if I was him, I'd come out and I'd, I'm surprised he didn't do it at the weekend, actually. And this, you know, it's, he's a strange, strange creature, mighty mouse. You know, he, he's, uh, you know, he's really into his, his video games and all this kind of stuff. He's obviously got a personality there. He just doesn't seem to. It just doesn't seem to resonate with those fans. I think he missed an opportunity on Saturday night because for me, what I'd have done is, and you, you know I like a prediction or two, <laughs> if I'd have, him, I'd have come out and gone, right, UFC, you've just let Conor McGregor skip up to lightweight, well, welterweight, and then, excuse me, eventually lightweight to yeah. fight for the lightweight title because you're saying he's too good at featherweight, so you're going to allow him to, to conquer a second division. I'm the best flyweight you've ever... I'm the only flyweight champion you've ever had. I'm the best flyweight in this division by a mile. Most of the guys ranked below me in the top five, top ten, I've beaten not once but twice. There's literally no one that can hold a torch to me at flyweight. So, this is what I propose. Allow me to fight for the bantamweight title against Dominic Cruz in a super fight that will attract fans, that will attract attention, that could be a pay-per-view. And then regardless of what happens, I will move back and defend my flyweight belt because I want to have parity with Anderson Silva and his 10 defences. I want to equal that record. That's what he should have done. That's what I'd have done, if, and that's what I'd have advised him to do if I was in Demetrius Johnson's corner. You've got to get people interested in you fighting. This flyweight division now, we talk, you know, we mentioned it last week in the preview. I like the division. I like the, the standard of the division. There's some good guys in there. The problem is Demetrius Johnson's three steps above all of them. And the only way Demetrius Johnson will get the recognition he deserves is if he tries to move up to bantamweight and has a rematch with Dominic Cruz, okay, he lost their first fight. And okay, he's going to be given away, given away size again because, you know, at the end of the day, Demetrius Johnson is a natural flyweight. We know that. But all the more, all the more kudos for if you move up and win at bantamweight or do really well at bantamweight. But as I say, you could just say to the UFC, I'll do it for super fight reasons. I'll do it because it's a big main event opportunity. And then I'll come straight back to flyweight to continue with my 10 fight run. Why didn't he put that out there? Why didn't he announce that? I'd have bought into that. As fans, we'd have, won- I'd have gone, yeah, okay, Mighty Mouse, yeah, let's do it. I'd rather see Mighty Mouse move up and fight Dominic Cruz 
should Cruz come through against Cody Garbrandt at the end of the year, I might add. But I'd rather see a rematch between him and Mighty Mouse than a rematch between Cruz and TJ Dillashaw, yeah. which we've seen quite recently. And I see going the same exact same way as it did the first time with the Cruz win. I'd rather see Mighty Mouse go, you know what? You fought Cruz a couple of years ago, but since then you've become the flyweight champion. You've gone on this incredible run. Cruz has been out for a long time with injuries as well. It's a, there's a real story there. You know, I go on about this all the time. The UFC are obsessed with stories, with narratives. Every fight's got to have a background. Every fight's got to have a sell. Every fight's got to have a hook. This has got a hook. Can Mighty Mouse confirm his legacy as the best pound-for-pound vice on the planet by giving away height and reaching and all his advantages that he has a flyweight and overcoming an opponent like Dominic Cruz, I'd buy into that. I want to see that. I don't want to see I don't want to see him fight Joe Benavitez, who after his win at the weekend, he's now number one contender. Mighty Mouse has beat him twice. Yeah. We're gonna do what? Beat him a third time? What 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 do we get from that? I'll tell you what we get. We get a smaller gate and a smaller attendance again. Mighty Mouse has got to move up for the good of the flyweight division, for the good of his legacy, he's got to move on. Will it tarnish his legacy, do you think? If uh, because there will always be people that then compare him if he if he gets ten or he gets eleven title defenses, they will compare the title defenses. And obviously, he's going up against Anderson Silver. A lot of people who would class that as the greatest of all time. Yeah. And as you've just said, there some of these defenses are are against the the same opponent on multiple occasions. So you'd think to yourself, well, it's a bit, it's a bit the the, the you've got a really diluted division that he's be, that he's got these yeah. defenses in. Exactly. You know, he's just defended his world title against the winner of Tough, the Ultimate Fighter. And okay, again, this season of the Ultimate Fighter, they were all champions from other divisions. But you can't get away from the fact that the guy who fought him in the finale on Saturday night, Tim Elliott, fought in the UFC previously, lost three fights and was cut by the UFC. So dress it up however you want the flyweight division is very weak it's very there's not a lot of talent there there's only really 20 or 30 high-end guys to dominate that division is impressive but to dominate a middleweight or a welterweight or as you know, obviously as Anderson did the middleweight division is, is obviously far more legacy building and as I say Demetrius Johnson will never in my mind be spoken of long term in the same breath as your Anderson Silvers, your John Jones, your George St. Pierre's, your Fedor Emelianenko's, he can never be put in the same bracket as then because he's not fighting at a, in a big enough pool and a big enough pool of quality challenges. It's the same guys over and over. The way he does that is he moves up and he gives away his advantages and he overcomes somebody like a Dominic Cruz or whether it's not whether it's Cody Garbrandt, it doesn't matter. If he can move up and challenge successfully for that bantamweight title, now we're talking. Now we're talking about Mighty Mouse being something special in the history of mixed martial arts. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now, before we get to uh, Toronto and UFC 206, and I've got a bone to pick with my brother-in-law regarding this. We'll get to that later. I just <laughs> want to talk about uh, um, uh, news in general from the world of mixed martial arts and UFC in particular. Um, you you called this, mate. You called this on last week's show, and when I saw this on social media, I went, oh, man, Nick's got it right again. <laughs> Nobody's gone to Connor's and took the belt off him, right? So what does Connor do? He gets himself on his private jet with both his belts wrapped round his shoulder going, I'm still the two-weight world champ, motherfuckers. Yeah. <sighs> I've got to take my hat off to you again, mate. Well done, you got it right. Nobody's spoke to Connor. At the end of the day, mate, there's no way he's going to give them belts up. There's no way. And, for, you know... 
It's just come up to a year now since he beat Jose Aldo, and you know how I feel about champions defending it. Certainly in the UFC where there's only one belt, really. I know the interim every now and again, but there's, there's only one legitimate world champion in the UFC. It's not like boxing. So if you don't defend your belt within 12 months, my opinion, you should be stripped and made you know, made number one contender for when you are fit. And two people should go and fight for your belt. I think that would work a lot better, keep the belts moving around. Connor's got no intention of moving back to featherweight. This featherweight division has to move on. But come on, you know, giving the belt back to Jose Aldo, for Aldo to come out and go, well, I'm the champ anyway, it was a fluke last time. Man, you don't get knocked out in 13 seconds and talk crap like that. You know, at the end of the day, Connor will parade that belt around, regardless of who he fights next. He will carry both those belts to the press conference, to fight week, to the ring if he can. Conor McGregor will not stop selling himself as the two-weight UFC world champion, believe you me. If anything, he's he's probably thinking about adding a third belt. So it, it's, a sh- it's, it, it's a shame in terms of obviously the event, main event this weekend coming up on Saturday night, which I'm sure we'll get onto in a moment, because it means that belt has also got a little asterisk by it now as well. But uh, it's uh, listen. There's no way Connor was going to give them belts up, man. Daniel Cormier hasn't defended his belt in 18 months, and no one stripped him, have they? So I, I get where Cam Connor's coming from too. They that's their marketing tool right now. They never been a simultaneous two weight UFC champion before. There's no way it was going to be fucking ruined after t- a fortnight. Certainly not outside the octagon either. So <laughs> Connor will be carrying that belt around for a while yet. Uh, in other news, uh, you may have seen this that it's looking well, really likely. Uh, that our boy Jimmy Manua, a man that ex- impressed us so much in Manchester, uh, is going to be taking on Glover Teixeira. We don't know when, we don't know where, but that is the hot rumour at this moment in time. For me, I look at this, and once upon a time I might have got excited about it, but I look at it and I think to myself, well, it's it's the similar line of Orvin St. Prue. I know that there's a great history with Glover Teixeira and the UFC yeah. and what he's achieved in the past. But for me, I just think that Jimmy Manua did miss an opportunity by not calling somebody out in that division at the end of Manchester. I think he could have been a step ahead. I think this fight is, if he loses it, he flies back down, flies back down rather than where he should be up fighting those top five boys. You know what I mean? Yeah, he did miss an opportunity, didn't he? Because it was such an emphatic performance that he put in. Um, you know, we should have been really calling for, for the next step. Just say but John Jones's name, like you said. Exactly, say it. man. Exactly. John's got to come back at some stage. So why why not be the guy in the mix? Why not be the welcoming party? You know, we know Cormier versus Rumble 2 was put back because of an injury to Cormier. So that's where the belt's going next. You know, that that's where that, that fight will happen next. He's obviously not going to fight Gustafsson because it's his teammate now anyway. So the perfect opponent, was he's never fought John Jones before. It's the perfect opportunity for Jimmy Manoway, as you say. It's, it's a risky fight fighting Glover Tashira because he can What do you bang. make of it? He yeah, can he can bang, Glover. but what do you make of the fight? It's a bit of a whatevs. Yeah, well, it, again, it, it feels like a... I get it because both those guys are, are ranked in the top 10, up near the top of the top 10 in the division. I think it's obviously Glover's coming into the fight on a loss to Bader. Jimmy's going into the fight on the back of the big win in Manchester. You know, I think it's uh, Glover's... Uh, Jimmy's got more to lose in this fight. Mm. And he'll, and, he, and he'll kick himself, he'll kick himself, he loses the fight, and because John Jones will be coming back again very soon, needs an opponent. Jimmy, man, that was, that was the fight, that was the opportunity to put your name right in, right in the frame, because you beat Glover Teixeira, let's see Jimmy fights Glover Teixeira, he's no further, 208. He's no, yeah, he's no further along than he is with just beating Ovis St. Prue. Exactly, that's the point I was just going to make. Sorry, where, for, sorry where, for doing that. Where does that put you in the mix, because... 
John Jones comes back and he's ahead of you. That's a fact. So you beat Glover to Shearer on the back of a win over OSP, yet you're still behind John Jones in the mix of, of fighting Rumble versus the Cormier winner. Yeah, yeah. So you've not done anything to push yourself any further forward. It's a, it's a strange one, you know, but it's it's heading, as you say, it's heading to 208, we're led to believe. Um, and it's another it's another tough fight for Jimmy Manor, one mm. that he could have circumnavigated. Uh, now, as we were releasing last week's show, um, the over in America, they were uh, making this big announcement regarding the MMA AA, uh, which sounds like an Alcoholic Anonymous type vibe, but it's not. It's um, well, they say it's not a union, but it sounds very, very much like a union to me. We've not had much opportunity to chat amongst ourselves, Nick, about this. You've obviously worked in this game for a long, long period of time. I know that you're a big fan of obviously giving power back to fighters in all aspects of uh, fight sports and therefore getting uh, the rightful piece of the pie. Do you think that that this, this, this collection of top-level fighters, let's be honest, and very brave fighters for speaking out against their uh, uh, employer, do you think that this will have any real impact? Um, it's got to, really. It, something's got to happen now, so it's got to move forward. There's been a few attempts to start a fighters' union or, a, in this case, a MMA fighters' association. Um, as you say, the, the names, you, you couldn't really... They're, they're some premier names, you know, Dillashaw, Cain Velasquez, Tim Kennedy, um, George St. Pierre, of course. The, these are premier names in the industry. So that was why we all, you know, we, everyone was glued to, to that press conference, to that press call last week because it was such a such a major thing. The fact that uh, Bjorn Rebney's involved, who's the former CEO of, of Bellator, of course, the, the UFC's big rival, was a bit strange. Uh, because when Bjorn was heading up Bellator, he wasn't he wasn't looking after fighters and doing things that he wants to do with the union, mm. and he's not, you know, he was treating fighters as badly as as uh, well as you could argue as badly as what the promotions he's now looking to go up against. He was doing that himself. So what's you know I, I don't understand where his involvement comes from in that regard because he was part of the problem because he the problem that he's highlighting he was part of it mm. you know so it, it, that's that's a strange one that, I think that's going to put a lot of fighters off as well because f- certainly fighters that fought under him at Bellator that may have had a bad experience or even just fighters within the UFC um, would think well wait a minute you know, I don't want to fall into line with a guy that used to head up a rival operation it's that was the strange thing Strange thing that came out of it. Um, yeah. it. It does feel like the sport's moving forward. All those guys are, you know, uh, strong spokesmen. It's brave of them to step forward and to step into the, light, into the spotlight like that uh, and potentially risk being frozen out in their own UFC careers because of it, um, because, you know, that could well happen. But uh, it's, uh, it's early days at the moment. I think there's... Depending on who you listen to, they say they've got 200 fighters signed up to it now. Uh, other people are saying it's it's less than two dozen. So we're just going to have to wait and see how this thing plays out. I think politically, there's a lot of movement to go with this just yet. It's just been a it's been a strange, a very strange last six months for mixed martial arts. Certainly with the UFC buyout, and then we've had weird peaking pay per views, and then events like the weekend, which completely yeah. and utterly bomb. Uh, and now the association coming out, and then you know there's there's just so much going on right now. It really is a sport very much in transition at the highest level, 
you know, it's you know, it's December now, and, and we still haven't got the main event for fights in in January. That, that's unheard of. You know, the UFC. I know they've they've announced a ton of fixtures for the first first quarter of 2017, and they pulled some as well. They pulled the Anaheim thing. Didn't yeah, they? they pulled the Anaheim thing. That's why the the Brooklyn event is is 208. There's that one we've just talked about with Jimmy Manor, where that's actually February now. So they're not doing a pay per view event in. January at all, they're not doing a big event, but again, it's unusual. Have they seen their ass a little bit because of obviously the rival um, production in Bellator with uh, Charles Sonnen and Ortiz? They're fighting on the same night that they were supposed to be in uh, Anaheim, I think, a little bit further down the road. So they've have they pulled it for those reasons, or have they pulled it for some for some other reasons that you know? They, I think they may well have pulled it for those reasons because you know going up toe to toe against them because everybody's going to be watching the Charles Sonnen thing, aren't they? Well, exactly. Everyone in the US would have tuned into that event because, you know, okay, like it or love it, it is what it is. It's a Legends Tour event. You know, both those guys are a former mainstays of the UFC, but are very much in the twilight of their career. Mm. But they're still very much names. Yeah. And the problem is the UFC haven't got, you know, obviously they've got three or four guys who, who would contend with that. But then once you go past your John Jones, your Connors, your Ronda Rouseys and people like that, when you get down to your Demetrius Johnsons, as good as that guy technically may be, put him up against Charles Sonnen against Tito Ortiz, and you'd be lucky to get two thousand people through the door. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, it's uh, it it's probably a calculated move by the UFC to move that event because that's what that's what they need to avoid now. You see, is people drawing direct comparisons between the UFC and Bellator. The UFC has been the premier promotion for a very long time. In the world, never mind just in the US. But Bellator, you know, they're backed by Viacom, which is a very, very lucrative business. You know, they've got far deeper pockets than the UFC. Uh, And it could be interesting to see how 2017 plays out in terms of this happening again in the future. We certainly haven't, the Bellator haven't got the same type of quality and the same depth of the UFC for sure, but they're getting. A couple of these big names now, the likes of Charles, Tito's, Rampage, you know, these are people that, you know, and Fedor, of course, as well, is fighting for them now. Rory McDonald. Yeah, people, are, you know, it's it's the start, it's the beginning of of this growth from Bellator that you see that kind of feels inevitable right now. It's what the UFC do next, you know, don't, don't, don't count out the UFC yet. You know, they've been pioneering this shift for a long time, man. You know, they've been running this game for well over a decade now. And just because there's different faces in the boardroom, I certainly don't expect them. And their their progressive nature to change it all. You know, you don't buy a business for four billion and run it into the ground. You buy a business for four billion uh, with the expectation of turning it into eight billion. So uh I'm expecting while it's been slow out the tracks, as I say, by now usually we'd know what the main event was going to be in March, never mind mm. the first event in January. That's unusual. But something's going to happen. You know, this is the, the giant may be sleeping right now, but something big's going to happen early in 2017, I'm sure. We're going to get some big news. We're going to get some major events called. And, uh, you know, it's, from a fight fan's perspective, it's great, isn't it? This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Now then, on to this weekend's action. Everybody knows about UFC 206 in Toronto, but there's actually some uh, UFC action uh, on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my old favourites is uh, doing a little piece who's impressed everybody uh, with his debut in Manchester. Mark Dierkees, of course, yeah. He was outstanding in Manchester, wasn't he? Absolutely outstanding. So, super excited to see him go again uh, this weekend on Friday night. 
Um, from what we're hearing out of that camp, he's uh, you know they're really billing him to be. We've only seen forty percent, mate. We've only seen forty percent according to them telling guys. Us. Yeah. That's what they're telling us. You know, they reckon they've got a future UFC champion on their hands. So, obviously, from a from a UK fan's perspective, that's the one that jumps out to me. That dear Keith's fight against Frankie Perez. Uh, on the prelim cards, which will be on UFC Fight Pass on Friday night. But the big the big guys are on this one. It's two, two big heavyweights, Anthony Hamilton, Francis Nagu, and then Derek Lewis. Uh, and I won't even try and pronounce the other guy's <laughs> name. But Derek Lewis is back in action, man. And Derek Lewis is, is value for money. Just a dirty, great, big, black beast of a knockout artist, as he calls himself. So uh, that's a, this guy just puts people to skip for fun so uh, you know if you can get a if you can get in front of Fight Pass on Friday night highly recommend you get in front of that guy because when he does knock out as well by the way his celebrations are highly amusing he looks like a seal at times yeah, yeah he does yeah. he does <laughs> he so does make sure you do check it out but Nagu can bang as well in the chief main as well that big heavyweight I think he's got a 100% knockout record or you know a 90% knockout record as well so he's worth looking out for too if you like the heavyweights Fight past Friday night is uh, the place for you. Uh, right, just um, Toronto. That's where our attention is now for UFC 206. Um, Liam, my brother-in-law, he'll be listening because he lives in Toronto and I know that he likes to keep up to date with everything that's going on in the world of fight sports by downloading the podcast. He's a good lad like that, supporting the family. Good man. Um, however, one thing I would like to say to you, Liam, is this. No, you cannot have my UFC press pass for this particular event. <laughs> he texts he, right, he very. He, he texts me every now and again, right? Mainly because he's showing off that he's beating me in the fantasy football league, right? That's when he gives me a little bit of a text, and he texts me. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! What? You're losing in the fantasy football league to a Canadian? No, he's English. He just lives over there. Oh, right. Okay. Is that all right? I'll take that back. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't get beat off a Canadian. Come on. I was say, Jesus Christ. No offence to any of my Canadian extended family that are li- also listening to this over in Vancouver. Owen, apologies. <laughs> anyway, let's <laughs> let's get back to the script. He texts me about this particular thing because this is happening at the ACC. We've been there before to watch his uh, fantastic Toronto Raptors. That's the home of them, guys. This is where uh, Drake performs on a weekly basis and obviously the UFC are taking over this weekend. And he, he texts me by saying, do you know your... Uh, UFC press pass. Do you have to? Uh, do you have to activate that per event, or is it just on onward rolling? <laughs> and I went, "You've got to activate it per event." And he goes, "Could you activate it?" And I said, "Why?" Because <laughs> because I want to go. <laughs> I said, "You cheeky get." The thing is, though, right? If I'd have turned around and said to him, "It's onward rolling," he wouldn't have said anything else. He'd have just fucking turned up. Yeah, they just like lined up there. Hi, yeah. mate. I'm Adam Catterall. Yeah, yeah, ready to rock and roll, sunshine. There you go. <laughs> no, it's passworded, mate. Jog on. You're not yeah. having it. It's uh, funny, isn't it? Mate, you've got to take advantage, though, isn't it? You've got, if, if you can get in for now, you've got to take full advantage of it. Well, listen, if you, exactly. If you can get in for now, go for it. Mm. But uh, that's uh, it's a good card on Saturday, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's been here, there and everywhere, hasn't it? Let's be honest. Um, we've had the main event. We've lost the main event. We thought we were getting GSP. We never really were getting GSP. Mm. Cormier, once again, injured. We've lost the main, you know. Then we had to strip Connor, supposedly. Uh, to make this a title fight for the pay-per-view. But listen, when it all gets said and done, the great thing about this card on Saturday night is what? Mighty Max finally gets a shot. Finally! <laughs> what more has this kid got to do? Finally gets his title shot. I hope people see it, especially in Toronto. The reason why I say this is because on the same night, it's the MLS Cup final. It's happening in Toronto. 
Oh, right. And Toronto are actually in that final. Oh, God. I know, mate. Toronto versus Seattle in the MLS Cup final. I don't think they've ever been there, Toronto, before, but they're in there this time. So hopefully the people of Toronto come out and celebrate this fantastic fighter who's on a, a sensational win streak and, like you say, could become interim featherweight title and then sets up a little bit of a bash with uh, Jose Aldo. Do you want to see... Do you know what I'd like to see, actually, from uh, from Max or even Pettis, whoever wins the fight, not interested, don't call out Aldo. Call out McGregor. That's who you should do. Go yeah. straight to say, listen, we know that he's the real champ. Well, I'm not interested in the guy that got knocked out after 13 seconds. Let's go for the real champ. Exactly. And listen, Max went the distance with Connor as well. You know, that was his last defeat. Uh, it was a, He put in a cracking performance, actually. And uh, Connor actually he ruptured some knee ligaments in that fight and was out, out for uh, you know about nine months or something like that. But... Uh, since then, since that defeat, Max has been on a nine-fight unbeaten run, which is just phenomenal and unreal in the UFC in terms of not getting a title shot after winning so many fights. It's just oh, literally man. unheard of. Well, unheard of until this year, and now himself and Tony Ferguson yeah, are in the same boat. But uh, and what's the what's the common denominator there? Mr. Conor McGregor tying mm. up both those weight divisions. So... I'm what, just what, glad what, Max is thoughts? finally getting a shot. I, I hope he does call Conor out because Conor's yeah. the champion, isn't he? Yeah. Let's let's make no mistake. Conor McGregor's the UFC featherweight champion. So Max Holloway, if he wins the interim belt, the junior interim belt, we should probably call it because Aldo's the interim champion. Then he should call out the champion and say, "I'm undefeated since I fought you. Let's fight. Let's do it." There'll be people that have their opinions on interim belts. For me, I don't see the point in the actual belt itself although it does make sure that the fighters that are participating in the fight for that belt do get paid more. So there is a bonus. Yeah. So fair play. They, they do get weighed in a little bit more. Even though the belt itself is plastic, we know full well who the real champ is in that particular weight division. Yeah. Because he's got it on his private jet at this moment in time. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> he's steaming round on it. So, you know what? This card's took a bit of a kicking, a real kicking in terms of It's a shame because Toronto's a wonderful opponents. city, man. It's a wonderful but, city. But it's a sick card anyway. It's still a brilliant card. There's some absolute belt and fights on here. Brilliant fights. You know, it's still getting 12 fights as well. But that main card, Tim Kennedy versus Gastelum. Yes, we all want Tim Kennedy to smash Gastelum to bits after he failed to make weight <laughs> yet again, you know. But he's move, he's forced to move up to middleweight. Let's hope he makes. He's middleweight. no choice, mate. Is that? Can you imagine if he missed middleweight? Oh, what the God. fuck? I, th- I think Dana would literally fucking jump on him then as well. But that's that's a sick fight, you know. We haven't seen Tim Kennedy in action for a long time. Mm. Obviously, the first time we seen him pop up was last week at the at the association, yeah, 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 press conference and everything else, but. That's a good fight at middleweight, you know. It's a really entertaining fight. Yes, I wish Rashad was in there. My boy Rashad Evans, gutted for Rashad. Hope he gets well soon. Uh, but the other fights I'm loving there as well. Donald Cerrone against Matt Brown at welterweight. Absolute lunatic fight. Matt Brown will not stop pushing forward. Cerrone's never looked better than he does right now down at welterweight. And then the main man, Du Hoi Choi. The Korean Superboy man. He's good. This kid is mental. And this is a great fight for him as well. Cub Swanson is no mug, believe it. Cub Swanson can fight and is still very much in the mix. So I want to know how good this Korean Superboy actually is. And getting him in against Cub Swanson. Listen, he looked great last time out against Tavares. I want to see him against Cubby Swanson. Can he claim his third consecutive performance of the night bonus? Well, he won't have to go looking for Cub Swanson. We know it's going to be an absolute war. So... That main card in Toronto on Saturday, 
it's sick, man. I'm really looking forward to it. Listen, Cerrone's eye, yeah? Yeah. Real or fake? Well, we were told it was fake. Yeah. He said it was fake. Yeah, then he yeah. turns up at the association still announcement. Still got it. He's still got still it. Still got it on. But then he subsequently come out and said, oh, yeah, he was filming earlier in the day. And he was still, I don't know, man. It, it was. It's a pretty serious eye injury. If that's legit, he won't get past fit to fight on Saturday night anyway. So... I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Cerrone. He's not he's not really a guy that uh, you know talks shit. He talks straight, doesn't he? So if he says it's makeup, then hopefully it's makeup. Yeah. Otherwise, I tell you what, we've lost the co-main event. Yeah, like you say, I don't think he will get past fit to fight, and I don't even think they'll allow him to fight with makeup on, so he won't be able to blag it, would he? No, definitely not. No, if it's, if it's real, it's he's got butterfly stitches running down the side of his face, so. Mm. It's uh, no, I think it must be makeup. It must, it must be. Otherwise, you you wouldn't go this far, and he'd have been found out by now. Someone at the UFC must have gone. Do us a favour, just just fucking pop down to Cerrone's hotel for us and just check, <laughs> just check that is actually. If he's got makeup. eyeliner on, if he's wearing eyeliner, we're okay. Exactly, exactly. I watched the embedded. Um, everybody gets stuck into the UFC embedded when they do a main pay per view event. They do some fantastic little seven, eight, nine minute little vlogs of following the fighters around. And he's still got it on there, you know. He's still got, like, the dodgy eye. But he does make a joke to the camera saying, can anybody see any blood coming out of my eye? Any of that makeup blood? So I'm thinking, is he, is he just trolling us? Is, is yeah. Cerrone just trolling all of us? So therefore, we're talking about a fucking eye before we get stuck into these brilliant fights at the weekend. I think we may well be. Yeah. I think he might be trolling Fair us play. all. You've he done he us, may man. be saying, leave the makeup on. I'm going to fucking wind up the entire planet here. Fair play, but, mate. Uh, You've done us. You've done me, mate. You've done yeah. me. I thought it were real. Then I thought it were fake. Then I'm panicking that, the, that this fight's off. It'd be brilliant if he did turn up with makeup off and then wiped it off just as he's going into the octagon, wouldn't it? <laughs> Fooled you! We love it, man. We love it. We, we want this. We, this is the type of drama we want back, though, isn't it? Yeah. In boxing and UFC, man. We want to see this entertainment. We want to be entertained. We want to... I'm, I'm, I'm gutted they don't do the ring walks no more. I used to like a good ring walk. You know, I used to like a bit of fancy dress, a few geisha girls <laughs> dance around, a little indoor pyrotechnics. Bit of ultimate warrior. That's you, yeah, isn't man. it, son? Get the pyrotechnics Love it. <laughs> You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening to our little show. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday with all the fallout from UFC 206, and then we will start to look forward uh, to an amazing um, rest of December, which includes the return of Ronda Rousey. Everybody's dead excited about that. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, please go to iTunes. Hit us up, Fight Disciples, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a review if you're feeling really fresh. It is the season to be jolly for crying out loud, you know what I mean? Stick five stars on it. All right, you might only put one star on your Christmas tree, but give us five of them. Come on, baby, get involved, you know what I mean? I don't even know what I'm saying now. I sound like Michael Jackson. Anyway, (laughs) or a really shit version of it. (laughs) We're on uh, social media as well. At Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. The conversation is there every single day uh, for you to come uh, and get involved. Just a quick point as well. Quite a few people, um, there's a little button on our Instagram where you can email us. It's like a business account. So, And a few people are starting to do it and like just say nice things about the show and all this type of stuff. There's no like hidden agenda. I don't think there's a hidden agenda where people are after something. People are just saying nice stuff. So we, we totally appreciate that. Normally we get trolled and get slagged off for our opinions, but it's nice when people turn around and say, hey man, love the show. Yeah. So it's all good. So thank you very much for spreading that love and being a part of the Fight Disciples community. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.